0: We're not here for our profit, here for yours. Federally insured by NCUA. WPHT,
1: WPHT, HD, HD3, Philadelphia. And Odyssey station from the Cherry Hill Volvo Studios, where relationships matter. This is Talk Radio 1210 WPHT. It's good news in real estate. If you're a homeowner, if you're selling a home, or perhaps purchasing a home or vacation property, welcome to our home. It's good news in real estate, presented by the Philadelphia Federal Credit Union. Your host, I'm doing fabulous, Mark. How are you? Very, very busy, man. Everybody's jumping into real estate school. And we're excited here to be talking to you every Saturday at one o'clock here on Talk Radio 1210. If you wanna ask us a question, give us a call about residential, commercial, mortgages. We'll answer anything we can answer for you. My number is 267-266-5501. What's your number, Dan?
2: My number is 609-605-7153.
1: And we are the real estate show from the Poconos to the shore. So we want to keep you informed and there's all kinds of stuff going on. All good news that the media does not talk about. And you can listen to this show and past show at our website, goodnewsandrealestate.com and also at WPHD's website. So what's coming up today, Dean?
2: Coming up on today's show, Mark, we have the market report. Yes. We also have our business tips with Asking Dr. A. That
1: continuing series, which is.
2: We also have Mark's funny story. Got one for you. And we have our mortgage mom topic.
1: Which is what?
2: Wolf declares Bucks and Montgomery County a disaster area. How will this affect your loan in process?
1: Hmm, that's an interesting one. <laughs>
2: Mark, we also have a couple questions, and the first one is, why is the inventory so low and when will it change? The next question is, how do you get an SBA loan and why? Good question. The next question is, I heard about weird fraud in real estate transactions. Can you explain? That's a whole topic in itself. Yeah. And how do you know when you've paid down your mortgage to 20%? That's a good question. Yes. And What is the biggest mistake new realtors make when starting out in the business?
1: A lot of good questions there.
2: They're great questions. And we also have our topic of the day, which is how to avoid home buyer's remorse. But Mark, first, give us your motivational quote.
1: All right, and the motivational quote is, there is no comparison between that which is lost by not succeeding and that which is lost by not trying. So, if you don't get in the game, you're not getting anywhere. So, you always fail forward. There you go. Somebody asked me on Facebook last week, should I start a new business? I was like, yeah. What's the worst thing that's going to happen? You're going to fail, learn a lesson, and then you're not going to do that again.
2: (laughs) Good advice, Mark. Good advice.
1: (laughs) (laughs) In a nutshell.
2: (laughs) Right? There you go. All
1: right. So, where are we at?
2: All right. So, Mark, we... We are up to the
1: market report. And there is the bell. So, this is Nationwide. New listings rose 5.1% in the 50th largest metros. The largest increases were in Columbus, Ohio, up 25%. Louisville, Kentucky, up 22%. Cleveland, up 21.6%. According to Realtor.com, newly released housing report. Now, Philly Metro is up barely any. I don't even know if we're up a point. But, you know, some cities are seeing more inventory, like Florida. Florida's seeing more inventory, a lot more construction. Also, as more inventory and new listings arrive in the market in late August and September, the rates of sellers making price adjustments has also begun to approach more normal levels. See nationwide, they're saying different things than we're seeing. Absolutely, the share of sellers who made this was the share of sellers across the country who made listing price adjustments grew seventeen point three percent of active inventory, which is the highest share in twenty-one months, and close to more typical levels that were seen between two thousand sixteen and nineteen. Researchers noted. Still, housing remains tight, very tight in our metro market of 6.7 million people uh, and the inventory was down 25.8 percent year over year in august that did mark an improvement over the last month we were down 33.5 percent we're still kind of philly metro we're still kind of stuck in that market there that high market meanwhile new listings were up 4.3 percent compared to a year ago and that's not much, because we're at that is not much at all. That's we're at such a, a a low rate of mortgage, just to catch up. Right, low mortgage rates have motivated home buyers to endure the year's challenging market. Some buyers are now starting to see their persistence pay off. You know, this month, new sellers added more affordability entry-level homes to the market, while others began adjusting listing prices to compete with the up-tick in inventory housing risk remains a very strong seller's market if you're a seller this is the time to sell you're going to cash in big time and and you're going to buy with great rates but now home prices and in good condition we'll see multiple bids three to ten possibly for sellers not seeing as many offers it may be worth revisiting pricing strategies but you know not in our area as buyers going to do searching for homes to fit their budgets, I had an interesting call today from a guy from uh, Norristown, and uh, he wants to sell, but he's nervous about buying. Yeah, that's always the issue. But give him some. I told, but I told him, I said, but the rates are great. So tell us about the rates.
2: You have your thirty-year fixed conventional rate mark at two point eight seven five. Your fifteen-year is at two point three seven five. FHA 2.875. Is it still a good time to refinance? Absolutely. There's never been a better time. So give us a call at 609-605-7153.
1: So it's still anybody over 3.5% should be refinancing.
2: Without a doubt.
1: All right, very good. All right, so with that, you're listening to Good News in Real Estate here on Talk Radio 1210, WPHT. All positive all the time. We'll be right back.
0: On behalf of the Philadelphia Federal Credit Union, we hope you're enjoying Good News in Real Estate with Deanne Casares and Mark Cumberland. The Philadelphia Federal Credit Union, not here for our profit, here for yours.
1: All right, welcome back to Good News in Real Estate here on Talk Radio 1210, WPHT, all positive all the time. So where are we at, Deanne?
2: Mark, we are up to the highlight of the show, which is your <laughs> funny story. <laughs>
1: The hardest part of the show for me. I'm up to <laughs> 883 jokes. You know. I got some jokes out there. Send them to me because I have more time. I, I spend more time looking for a damn joke than I do the market report.
2: <laughs> well, it's funny because I was thinking of you the other day, you know, that I always thought it was the dryer that was shrinking my clothes. But then I found out it was the refrigerator.
1: Oh, really? <laughs> I get it. You don't get it? I get it, I get it, I get it.
2: I, I thought that was pretty
1: good. That was a pretty good one.
2: Oh, yeah, I could tell I could tell by the laughter. I
1: think COVID had a lot to do with that.
2: <laughs> the what? <laughs> yeah.
1: COVID, uh, the COVID-19 the had a lot to do with that one, too. <laughs> Being stuck in the house. So anyway, here's the story. So this newlywed copy mo- moves into their new house. One day, the husband comes home from work. He says, honey, you know... And the, the wife says to him, Honey, you know, up in the upstairs bathroom, one of those pipes is leaking. You think you could fix it? And the husband says, What do I look like, Mr. Plumber?" A few days goes by, he comes home from work. Wife says, Honey, the car won't start. I think it needs a new battery. You think you could change it for me? He goes, What do I look like, Mr. Goodwrench? A few other days goes by. It's raining pretty hard. The wife finds a leak in, her, in one of the bedrooms. She goes, Honey, there's a leak from the roof in that back bedroom. You think you can fix it? Because what do I look like, Bob Villa? Next day, the husband comes home, the roof's fixed, so's the plumbing, the car's fixed. He asks his wife, what happened? She goes, I had a handyman come in and fix all the items. He goes, great. He goes, how much is that going to cost me? And the wife says, nothing. He said he'd do it for free, even if I, he said he'd do it for free if I baked him a cape or, or slept with him. And <laughs> he goes, Well, what kind of cake did you make? He goes, what do you think I look like, Betty Crocker?
2: (laughs) 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 All right, that was better than mine. Uh, (laughs) That was pretty good. If you have a funny story... What?
1: Send it to me if you got a funny story. I'm dying for it.
2: (laughs) Please, if you have a funny story, send it to Mark at 8029 at comcast.net. Or give them a call at 267-266-5501.
1: And now it is time for the Mortgage Mom segment with the Cat Saris from Green Tree Mortgage. And her topic is, Governor Wolf declares Bucks and Montgomery County a disaster area. How will this affect your loan?
2: So there's been a lot of controversy going on with this right now. Um, the areas that have been declared disaster zone since the storm is Bucks County, Chester County, Delaware County, Montgomery County, Philadelphia County, and York County. Now, anybody that is under contract right now and had an inspection date that was prior to September 5th, we need the appraiser to go out there and do another inspection to make sure that there's no damage that the house is actually there. Um, and it's they're not necessarily entering the properties at this time, but they just need to make sure that there's no damage. The roof is still there. You know, things are still in place, and the house is still livable, which, of course, makes sense.
1: Yeah, like that. What happened in uh, Mullica uh, Township? Yeah. Hey, man, that one house was gone. And then two houses down, the house, there's absolutely
2: zero damage. So it's just, it's it is weird. weird. But, but Pennsylvania, the Emergency Management Agency, they put a preliminary estimate of $117 million in damages to the public infrastructure as a result of Hurricane's Ida destructive path through the region. And they don't even know, the work's not even going to start until sometime next week. So, but we had Governor Wolf and President Biden declare a master, I'm sorry, a major disaster area in Pennsylvania to help the Commonwealth recover. So they are requesting it. Um, We're hoping that, you know, these damages will get taken place. And, you know, we're just sorry for all the losses that people are going through. But the storm brought historic rainfall and the flooding, I mean, it says the tornadoes aren't even in these communities. And now this is something that we have to deal with. Oh, no. Which is insa- which is insane. So, the governor's request includes a major disaster declaration for, like I had mentioned, Bucks County, Chester, Delaware, Montgomery, Philadelphia, and also York counties. And public assistance um, for these areas are available to all 67 counties. And, Again, it's just devastating because could you imagine, Mark, you're in the process of buying a home. you you know, you have your life savings into this home and and it gets destroyed. And that's one of the reasons yeah. why when you purchase a home that they require that the uh, the homeowner's insurance gets paid one year in advance, because God forbid somebody was thirty days late on the payment and they didn't make the mortgage payment and their homeowner's insurance is included in there. You know how devastating that could be if they decided to cancel that policy and not cover this? Really bad.
1: Really bad. I watched some of the crazy videos on Facebook. I was watching this one. uh, The person was in the basement, and the water was pouring through like a basement window, and all of a sudden, the whole wall went. It collapsed. Yep. And like a whole thing, just like a river, came in the house.
2: No, I saw that too. And, and he had his elderly mom that was trapped in there too. But 46, 46 homes were deemed destroyed. 269 homes had major damage. And 91 homes sustained minor damage.
1: I got nothing. Do you get anything?
2: I got nothing. No. I know that I came back from vacation during that storm. So we landed in that hurricane, and my son was driving on 295 to get to the Philadelphia airport, and he said he saw trees just flying by. I mean, the debris that was that was on the roads were just unbelievable. Unbelievable.
1: It was crazy. And my, my place up the lake, it went right around us because the tornado was right on the other side of the river because I'm close to the Delaware, and it went all the way down the river, Went right past the Burlington Bristol Bridge and then broke up. That's crazy. It was crazy. All right. Well, and, and nothing happened at the lake at all.
2: Thank God. And thank God there's no. no injuries. And again, our thoughts and prayers go out to everyone that, you know, has lost their home or has major, major damages. We wish you the best. Um, and there is help out there for you. But um, so with that, we're going to be coming up with our question and answer segment next.
1: All right. So that was a good topic. In the beginning, you just said "wolf." I wasn't sure if it was an uh, who you were talking about. (laughs) (laughs) So, so with that, you're listening to Good News in Real Estate here on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT. All positive, all the time with you.
0: Deanne and Mark are halfway through this week's edition of Good News in Real Estate, presented by the Philadelphia Federal Credit Union. Not here for our profit, here for yours. When the show returns, more real estate news from around the Delaware Valley. All
1: right, welcome back to Good News in Real Estate here on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT. All positive all the time. So where are we at, Deanne?
2: Mark, we're up to our question and answer segment.
1: So what is the first one? And The first question is, why is the inventory
2: so low, and when will
1: it change? They're not tuning in enough. We've been talking about this, like, every week. (laughs) The biggest thing is, I think the biggest reason that the inventory is so low is because the media does not talk about real estate, except for us. We're, like, the only real estate show in the metro market from the Pocados to the shore. Yeah. It's all good news. It's the best time ever to buy because the rates are so low. And it's the best time ever to sell because you're going to get top dollar. But the media does not talk about it because it's good news. Now, if we're in 2008, you hear about real estate every day. The doom and gloom. But that's, you know, if it bleeds, it leads. <laughs> and how long is it till it's going to change? I figure... It's going to take way into 22 before we really start seeing... Before we
2: get back to the norm, yeah. A
1: norm, a, a, a normal market. A normal market is a six-month supply. We're at a 1.9-month supply. So it's going to take a year or so to get back to normal, normalcy unless unless this administration does something crazy and, and, and screws things up. Because right now, the way I look at it, if it's not break don't fix it and they wanna fix it.
2: Yeah, I I mean a lot of a lot of people have also been on the sidelines because they got frustrated with the market. So the more people that are on the sidelines and more people that list, that's gonna help us get back to a recovery too. But again, I think once, you know, people are back to school, people are out back looking again, some of the people are getting off the fence. So I think it's gonna be I think you're right. I think it's gonna to be towards the end of twenty twenty two. Yeah.
1: All right. What's the next one?
2: All right. The next question is: How do you get an SBA loan, and why?
1: Well, it's very SBA loan is Small Business Administration loan. I took one for my business when the COVID nineteen hit because everybody was closed down, and it was an emergency one. They sent you a quick ten thousand dollars, and that's all I wanted. I didn't want like a two hundred, three hundred thousand dollar one. But if you're doing something like that. You need to have a really good accountant or somebody involved that knows how to operate with the SBA because it is not a simple process. Anything with government is a ton of red tape. And my accountant, the best accountant in the world, Don Devlin, his staff took care of my SBA and they did all the paperwork, did everything, and I got a check in the mail for 10 grand to hold me over until we got back online and we were back in school. And the reason you do take them because they're they're it's not like a bank and they're government backed, but but uh, to be be honest with the audience, you are going to have a lot of red tape because you're dealing with government. So uh, you know most businesses take them to either expand in a regular market, to expand their business or, or open a business or buy a new business. But you know, over the last since the virus, uh, the China virus, ever since that happened, most people were taking them to survive, (laughs) were to survive. You know, but I've done a lot of SBA loans on like people opening nightclubs and whatever. But it's complicated, and it's not going to be a few pages. It's going to be a few pages and a million questions. But if do some research. Do Google, how hard is it to get an SBA loan, and you'll get some good opinions. (laughs) What's the next one?
2: (laughs) The next question is, I heard about wire fraud in real estate transactions. Can you explain?
1: And remember, this was like a little thing that was really going on last year a lot. Uh, And people were, what was happening was somebody was pending on their way to settlement and they would get an email, and it would look like it was from the title company. It would have like- The title like company, The right? title company that they were using, and it would have like the title company's name, but with something slightly different that they didn't pick up. And the email would say, here's where to wire your 200,000. And these people were wiring this money, and then they show up at the settlement table, and they're like, well, where's the money? Oh, we wired it to you and it was all fraud and there's lots of people that lost hundreds of thousands of dollars on these real estate transactions in fact all the real estate companies and all the title companies started you know and you uh, you were doing it too warning people if you get anything about wiring money do not do it and contact me because it was remember for a while there was like a fad going on with it and oh yeah
2: and we also still have them on all of the emails that go out, Yeah, you know, to make sure that they understand that we're not, that's not going to happen. We're not going to accept, and the title companies won't accept it either.
1: Yeah, and, and some of them aren't even, they're not even, like some of the offices are not even accepting the money. Like, they don't even want to be involved. Uh, there's been a lot of things, you know, done to try to stop this fraud. But it's a terrible fraud. I mean, there's people that lost. You know, they were buying a five hundred thousand dollar house and they wired the money to somebody they thought was their title company because the name looked the same. Yep. I get them all the time. I get I get these things from Comcast because I'm with Comcast, and I get these things from Comcast. Your account's going to be canceled unless you do this. Exactly. Yep. And then then you look at the email and it says Comcast it, and then some weird name. Yeah. So and me that you know that's fraud so i just delete them but people open them and once you open them you're opening a door for some hacker to get in
2: it's like pandora's box
1: so you got to re-, re. that's why you need legal shield like me and you have it because if something happens to us we're going to turn it over to legal shield and we're insured for what a million dollars or something
2: yeah yep. yeah
1: yeah it's, for what, nineteen dollars a month? Everybody in the audience should get call Pete Cat and sign up the Legal Shield. And his number is six zero nine. And save your butt six zero five
2: seven two four one.
1: Really, because there's so much fraud going on everywhere. What's the next one?
2: The next one is how do you how do you know when you paid down twenty percent of your mortgage?
1: A calculator would be good.
2: (laughs) (laughs) No, I mean. Look
1: at, you know, give them the simple answer.
2: The simple answer is to look at how much you owe on the property versus the value of your property. So you can call your loan originator or your real estate agent. They can run a comp for you in the area to see not only if you've paid it down to 20%, but maybe you've paid it down 15%, but the value of your property increased another 10%. That's right. So now is a good time. If you've owned your home for, let's say, four to five years, chances are you have 20% equity in the property. So you definitely want to reach out, which is why we've been reaching out to all of our past clients to help them get rid of the mortgage insurance. And if they have an FHA loan, we're rolling them into a conventional loan, getting rid of the mortgage insurance, lowering their rate and increasing their monthly cash flow.
1: Yeah, I mean some neighborhoods, like you take a fish town or something like that, where they're appreciating at 15 to 20% a year. After four or five years, you're you paid you probably did, you're paid the 20%. Right. And but they don't think about it. It's coming right out of their account every month and they don't worry about it, the mortgage is paid and they never think about it. I ask people all the time about them, what's your interest rate? And they go, uh, "I don't know." Like they like that, you know, they just don't think about it. I'm like are you over three and a half percent? I'll have to check. I'm like, you should know that. Anyway, <laughs> what's the last one? We've got to get done. All
2: right. The last question is, what is the biggest mistakes new realtors make when starting out in the business?
1: They don't realize that they are now the owner of their own business. They're not an employee. They are the owner. And once you're the owner of the business, you got to act differently. You gotta hold yourself accountable. You gotta be a good lead generator. I don't care how how meticulous you are, how good you are at paperwork. You know, you could be the best accountant in the world, but if you don't have any clients, it don't matter. So, and that's one of the biggest mistakes I see with real estate agents. You know, over 90% of real estate agents in the country do not have an assistant.
2: That's- Or a database.
1: Yeah, order their database together. But 90%, over 90% don't have an assistant. Now how big can you run a business all by yourself? You know, you can't be everything for everybody. So that's the biggest mistake that I stress to new students. When they come out of my school, I teach them a class called zero to 20 million in production. And I tell them, stop thinking like a realtor and think like a business person. And then the rest, of stay in the 20% and the rest of it will fall into place. Exactly. Some of them listen, some of them don't.
2: All right. Awesome, Mark. Great questions as usual. We thank the audience. And coming up next is our topic of the day, how to avoid
1: homebuyers' remorse. All right. Very good. So with that, you're listening to Good News in Real Estate here on Talk Radio 1210, WPHT, all positive all the time. We'll be right back. so where are we at the end
2: mr. Cumberland we are up to our topic of the day which is how to
1: avoid homebuyers remorse homebuyers remorse is an interesting topic and everybody gets it but nobody talks about it I always talk about it with my buyers because I tell them you're gonna get it and they go what and I said you're gonna get buyers remorse what's that I said you're gonna start second guessing this purchase uh, like I get it, but I don't get it bad. Like I go buy a new truck, which I'm doing now, <laughs> and like I don't even take them for test rides, and they're brand new. You know, it's <laughs> that's that's just the way I look at it. like you know some high, like the disc that the doctor, the D I S C, the S and C is going to have a ton of questions and want to take test rides and maybe come back and think about it. I'm like, where do I sign? Give me the keys, and I'm and I get buyer's remorse as I'm riding out of this out of the dealership to about the next light and then I'm good. Oh my God. (laughs) My my remorse is over. (laughs) But I only had one I had remorse. I bought an eight foot bed one time on my F-150 and I hated that truck. (laughs) Oh my God. That was the only remorse. But anyway, let's get on the topic. Remorse is common feeling during home buying. You never think remorse is going to happen, but it it happens to all buyers. I tell my buyers, you're going to get it and you're going to start second guessing yourself uh, so when you start doing that, eat a couple M&Ms. And they laugh. But you know what? Then that sticks in their head. And when they start guessing themselves, they think about me and my joke about eat a couple M&Ms. Because this, we finally found the house that they wanted. And there's hundreds of questions that are going to run through their mind during this period, leading up to the final closing and becoming owner of the home. Most of the questions are simple ones. They're easily answered. But sometimes doubt creeps in, like the Dirt Lady story, which we get. we'll have to tell soon. You have, we have to. We haven't told that for a while. And then some buyers will sit at home and they start overthinking this thing and driving themselves crazy. Oh, uh, is this the right purchase? 30 years. 30-year 30 mortgage. What's the average life of a mortgage is? What? Six, seven years? Five to seven years, yep. Yeah, five to seven years. And, and oh, is it too expensive? Did we buy the right one? Uh, you know, all that kind of stuff. I, I like I have a hard time with it because I just don't. I'm just not like that. I take a my house. I could care less. It's a house, and a, <laughs> I'm just not attached. You know, if I if I had to move out of the convent, big deal. I move into I move into another house. The only thing I would would have to have a recording studio. That's my only thing. But anyway, before you jump to the conclusions though, review all your initial decisions. Why did you buy this house? Now, if you had a good agent and they asked you, what's the most important thing you want to talk about about the house that you're going to buy, and you went through everything that you needed to have, the most important things, you needed the finished basement, you needed the yard, you needed the swimming pool, whatever it is that's going to make you happy. And you finally got that house with all that, thi- all the list of the most important things. That's what you got to think back to. Why, why did I buy this house? And then that'll ease some of your stress. Because some people get really wired out about this, and, and then start really second guessing themselves, and then uh, then they want to change their mind. And how do I get out of this deal? And they signed a contract that's supposed to hold up in court, you know. I tell agents and buyers and sellers, when you sign this, this is supposed to hold up in court. So it's not something you can just walk away from. But, you know, people get this at different levels. Everybody gets a little bit of it because they, you know, they always think, but there's always some give and take. You're not going to get everything you want. You know, it's life in the big city, you know. But if you get 90% of what you want, then then you should be pretty happy. And, but, like, to get so worked up to the point, like, the Dirt Lady, that story, like, she just, she was sitting at home, and back then, there was, this, that was a long time ago, there was no home inspection, so she saw the house, they wrote the deal, and they didn't see that house again until the final walkthrough. So, all that time, I forget what it was, like, 60 days or something, uh, she was just sitting at home, second-guessing that she made the rice purchase. And it got so out of control. I'll have to tell that story next week. It got so out of control that she was just, like, freaking out. That finally, like, then the husband... She got the husband freaked out. And that was the worst uh, case of remorse I ever saw.
2: Remorse, yeah.
1: But the real estate agents can solve a lot of these problems, too. So, like, if they stay in touch with you and... Doubts pop up, they can answer questions, you know, st- stay in contact with your agent, your mortgage person. You're all going to, there are doubts in life, nothing's certain. You know, we tend to think about these uncertainties more whenever you make important commitments, dwelling on the negatives rather than the positives, you know. And then they move in, they get the keys, and they show up at their house, and they not and then five years later going to buy another house and they don't remember any of that that's the weird thing about it they were all stressed out and five years later they don't even you got to reteach them the whole process again because they don't remember any of it once they get the keys in their hands that's true they're like little they're like little kids so you know stressing over it and getting remorse you're you're going to get remorse everybody gets it no, I, and on all kinds of purchases, you buy a TV, should I bought it, should I should I bought the next one, uh, the car, should I bought the truck or the car, whatever. You're going to second guess yourself, but like second guessing yourself sometimes can be very dangerous because you can let opportunities go by because you second guess yourself to death. <laughs> So, you know, all right. <laughs> you know well, like what we say, if you don't ask the answers... No. Yeah, so if you start second-guessing things and that was the house that you wanted and you let it go because you couldn't make a decision and now you made the decision and you're all happy and then you start second-guessing it again, then, you know, it, it's all stress you don't need. So prepare yourself. I always tell my clients... Up front that you're gonna get buyers remorse. And they and they look at me like there's no way. We're happy. This is the house that we want. And I'm telling you, you're gonna be sitting around and you're gonna start thinking about something and maybe we should have did this or maybe we should have did that. Or maybe we should ask the seller to do this or whatever. There's a
2: Mark, you know what I I say you should never shoot on yourself.
1: Should no. No. And and <laughs> but like people do it all the time. So, if you have a really good real estate agent, and you're purchasing a house, and you find a house that you want, and the agent should talk to you about buyer's remorse, because you're going to get it. Certain people are going to get a little bit. Other people are going to get freaked out. And that just adds stress to this already stressful process, dealing with banks and mortgage companies and title companies and home inspectors, you know, so... My bottom line is, you know, if realtors are listening, always have a discussion with your buyer about buyers' remorse. And if you're a buyer, take my advice. You're gonna you're not gonna get everything you want. If you think you're gonna get everything you want, you're in for a, a rude awakening,
2: a rude awakening,
1: but there's gonna there's gonna be some negotiation somewhere on something. The
2: process has to be explained and that's the key mark. Everybody has to be educated on the process, but that was a great topic. All right, right, so with that, what's
1: happening next?
2: All right, Mark, so we are up to our business segment with Asking Dr. A, and today we're going to talk about workplace phobia.
3: How are you, doctor? I'm doing fantastic, Mark. How are the two of you? We are very
1: good. (laughs) And uh, Dr. Abelson, uh, this topic's been good. So tell us about this week's topic.
3: Well, we're going to talk about workplace phobia again, and, and, and this time what I want to do is I want to talk about what people are phobic about, you know, because uh, the, the, the obvious thing is what's happening with COVID, all right, but there's a number of other dimensions or different reasons why people are phobic about work, and, and because of work, because of COVID, I think a lot of these other things are coming out, but they're blaming it on this notion of COVID. Right. For example, and the thing that's, I think, the most obvious and related to COVID is those people that travel 45 minutes, an hour, an hour and a half each way to work, you know, would rather stay home instead of fighting the traffic and and spending, you know, all that time and, and frustration on the highways, which in the big cities, you know, are more and more difficult to drive because of the congestion.
1: That's stressful.
3: It is. It's very stressful. So by the time you get into work, especially and we've talked about emotional intelligence a number of times on the program. By the time you get into work, you know, your EQ, you know, is is over above your personal threshold and then you just have to calm down in order to get working. Uh, Another thing, another reason, and I think a real reason, because a lot of the research suggests this And that is people are using covid and the drive and the phobia about covid when the real reason is they just don't like who they're working for, meaning their boss, because there's a lot of people. The number one reason why people leave organizations is because of management. Uh, And most of the issue with with management is their direct supervisor or their direct boss.
1: Right. If you don't have a good culture, you're not going to want to stay there.
3: That's right. And the person who impacts the culture, well, there's really multiple levels there, but the biggest impact is is the administration, frequently those people who are above your boss, unless your boss is on the C-level or or the CEO or the president, if it's a small company.
1: And most businesses in the country, 92% are small business.
3: Yeah, they are. So the chances are you're no more than one or two levels below the top.
1: That's right. So this phobia... How do you think this is going to affect productivity?
3: Well, there's more and more studies that are showing that when people work at home, they actually get more work done because uh, it gives them more freedom and latitude during the work, typical work hours from nine or eight to five. But what happens is they are working, you know, during the evenings, right? You know, and they aren't taking hour lunch breaks or hour and a half lunch breaks because their food is right there. their, Their kitchen is right there. They just go in and and. And so more and more research is demonstrating that at the least it's about as productive as it was before when people actually had to go into the workplace itself.
1: My director of operations for Philadelphia real estate classes, I'll notice from her from emails, ten thirty at night, I get something done. Like she gets she works all different times in the day and she's really efficient. I am blessed to have her. I told her she can never quit. (laughs) she had to sign a life-term contract with me.
3: (laughs) Well, I have the same thing with Donna, and the two of you have interacted numerous times over the years with Donna, and she's just phenomenal. You know, and I I basically told her, if you quit, I'm going to quit. I'm going to have to. I don't have a choice.
1: Yeah, (laughs) but I mean... uh... So
2: you have to set them up for blackmail. You have to hold them something over them. That's what I do.
1: <laughs> I'm really curious about like, you know, thir- it's like in the 30 percentile of people that really want to work from home. And as we go over the next year or so, how studies of productivity come out. I'm really curious about that.
3: Well, this is a, one of my predictions. I think there's going to be more of a hybrid workplace place where people work at home and at, you know, at, at the workplace, just like we have hybrid cars. I also predict that what's going to happen is a number of organizations are going to go to picking where they have either Tuesday, Wednesday, and or Thursday where everybody has to come in, but at least one day a week where everybody has to come in. So you have these opportunity for face-to-face meetings, especially when, when we get past this pandemic, assuming another pandemic doesn't start right after. But there's other things going on as well. Yeah, because. Uh...
1: Cause you need some of that for your culture too. Absolutely. You know you need to you need to get the group together.
3: Absolutely. All right, so
1: so doctor, we got to wrap it up there. So what do you want to talk about next week?
3: Well, we're going to talk more about this because we have better we have some additional actual solutions that you can do right now.
1: Oh, good. All right. All right. So tell everybody how to get a hold of you. It's
3: real easy. It's Doctor A, D R period a at Abelson A B E L S O N dot net or Abelson at Abelson dot net or just go to our website www Abelson.net. I like repetition. Very, very
1: good. <laughs> All
2: right, thank you, Doctor A. Thank you, Doctor. Always a great topic. If if you have any questions, you can send them to Mark at 8029 at Comcast.net, or give him a call at two six seven two six six fifty five zero one. You can also email me at Deanne Kitsaris at Comcast.net, or give me a call at six zero nine six zero five seven one five three. Don't forget to check out my new website mortgagemom.net.
1: And if you're over 3.5%, call her up and refi. And a special thanks to all of our listeners that tune in every Saturday. I had a really nice call from a listener this week and our sponsors for keeping us on the air. In fact, we are looking for two sponsors. If you want to be part of our show, give us a call. So with that, we're here every Saturday, 1 o'clock on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT. Have a great week. I'm Mark Cumberland. I'm Deanne Katsaris, your mortgage mom. You've been listening to Good News in Real Estate here on Talk Radio 1210 WPHD. All positive, all the the time. time. Thanks for
0: listening to Good News in Real Estate, a Jacob Media production. If you're interested in learning more about the power of the radio hour, contact Joe Kraus at 267-261-3428. This program is a paid
2: commercial announcement and does not reflect the views of WPHD or its management. Today's program has been pre-recorded.